Welcome to the Make Disciples Podcast, a short weekly podcast of Wildwood Church where we will share topics, ideas, and resources useful to you in your effort to follow Jesus as his disciple. Well, welcome back to this episode of Make Disciples. This is Dan Rober joined today with Eric Ryan. And our focus for today is going to be on corporate realities in the Christian life. We want to talk about the difference between the individual in their Christian life and the role that corporate entities, especially the church in the development of your Christian life, and uh, even if they're important at all, because there is a difference of opinion and people who have increasingly come to believe that religion is something that you do personally. It's something that you do individually. And so we want to take on this question and talk about the role that corporate entities have to do with your life and becoming a more mature and uh, developed and equipped believer. Yeah, I think this is one of those things I learned probably only five or six years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. Well, I guess time's flying faster than I thought, probably seven to nine years ago. And I just remember being a little bit flabbergasted in some ways by it. I, I think one, realizing just how much I filter things through my story, my impact, my gifting, my direction in life. And I remember, uh, I think it was originally I heard Randy Pope talking about it. And really the two largest pictures of corporate realities is actually the fall and sin and Adam's original sin representing mankind as the first created human being, his sin passing on from generation to generation and causing us to be guilty before the Lord before we're even born. And remember, you know, at times, I think as any American, you kind of wrestle with that a little bit. But then Randy kind of taking all the way to the place where he said, look, the good news about corporate realities is Jesus can now come and represent us as mankind as the second Adam. That's what the whole point is of, I think, what is it, Romans 7, that talks about the first and the second Adam, that the whole point of that is this representative head with these corporate realities. And so if everything in Christianity and everything in the spiritual realities of our world, if everything was individual in nature, Jesus could not have represented us. He, he could have only died for Jesus. And the fact that he's able to die for us is because of that corporate realities. But those corporate realities play out in other areas. I think some of the places in scripture where we see, and it seems like God is being harsh, is because of those corporate realities. You take Achan, who's in Joshua 6 and 7, and God tells them when they march around Jericho not to grab or take anything from the city. And he takes stuff, he hides stuff, and God has his entire family killed multiple generations uh, because of his sin. And what was he doing there? One, he didn't want Achan's sin to infiltrate the rest of the Israelite body as they're now coming in and, and beginning to set up a new kingdom in the promised land. And then another example is Ananias and Sapphira and Acts, right? Where we can kind of look at Achan and go, oh, well, that's Old Testament. But now that we're living under the gospel and grace and Christ dying on the cross and rising from the dead. And in Acts, you see Ananias and Spira lie about the money that they gave to the church and they drop dead. And I think we see that again and we go, man, what, why is that? God doesn't drop all of us for lying. And I think it's because of this corporate reality. God was trying to keep his church at a certain level of purity in those early stages so that they could be set on the right track and the right trajectory. And so corporately, he was not wanting that kind of a 
mentality, that kind of selfishness and trying to display your own good works, even to the point of lying about them. And so in order to prevent that, uh, he just removed them from the picture because there's a corporate reality of sin. If you've ever been in the foster care world or the family court system world, I think you understand there's this reality of the corporate effects of our sin and, and generational sin, which is a whole nother issue. But I remember when we were fostering our children, our oldest three, there were just pictures and glimpses that we saw of how far this kind of generational mentality and generational sin went. And so again, I think, especially in these times where we're very divided and it's kind of, hey, you think what you want about this issue, whether it's masks or civil unrest or the election, I'll think what I want. And obviously there's a certain level of freedom there as Americans, but I think there's moments where God calls us as Christians to actually identify more with our Christian community than necessarily our own individual perspective. Yeah, I think there's a really good tension there that we have to hold as believers. In many ways, we are products of a legacy of individualism because of our Protestant heritage. We have this whole concept of the priesthood of all believers that Martin Luther and uh, other giants in our tradition have held to. And it's a big deal that we can read the Bible, that we can pray to God without going through a priest, that we have the ability to understand and learn and grow. And all those things are wonderful. I mean, that's why we spent so long talking about studying the Bible, because we said that it's something that we should do individually. But to leave it as only an individual thing is also a problem. And we have to recognize how we have effects that are far beyond what we do for ourselves. Yeah, I want to share kind of a quick personal story of where I've seen this really effective is my great, great grandfather. I think his name was Michael Ryan. Most of the Ryans were in Ohio. That's why we're Buckeye fans. But back in the day in Columbus, Ohio, this is like in the early, I think, 1850s. Uh, he was a tailor and he was a successful tailor. And at one point, the funeral home director died in that town and they had no one to lead the funeral home. And so the priest, he was a devout Catholic. The priest came to him and said, look, our city, our town needs a funeral home director. I want you to leave being a tailor and go be a funeral home director. And in our day and age, you know, especially when you think about career path, I mean, imagine a pastor from Wildwood coming to you and telling you, you need to change your career. And you know what your response, you'd be like, ah, that's none of your business, right? And here Michael goes and he starts setting up this funeral home, which by the way, if you do the math, that's right before the civil war, right? And you know, that funeral home is still in existence, the Egan Ryan funeral home in Columbus, Ohio. And it's the sixth oldest business in Columbus, Ohio. And it has provided for generations of his children and grandchildren. My uncle is currently the director of the funeral home. And you think about just that simple submission of not this wrestling and praying with, oh man, what is the Lord calling me to do? But recognizing, hey, he's given you an identity within this local body of believers through the leadership there. They're asking you to step over and he does probably having no idea that this thing would last for 150 years and provide for many of his grandchildren and children, especially during the Great Depression and some of these kind of more dire times. And so for me, that was just a beautiful picture of God kind of honoring that willing to just make decisions based off of some corporate realities. It's a great story. Yeah. I have no story about my great grandfather from the 19th century, but that's a good story. That's right. Every time I go up there, I hear about it. Every, basically, every time somebody dies in our family, I hear the story again because they're typically buried up there. Yeah. 
again, we want to share beliefs and thoughts and ideas around some of these things. Corporate reality is a tough thing to wrap your mind around biblically as an American. It's still hard for me uh, at times to read passages of scripture and not just read them through a lens of what does this mean for me, but what does this mean for us as believers as a whole? And so again, we would encourage you guys to do more research and to wrestle with these ideas. A great picture of just local church corporate reality is, is a book called Church Membership from the Nine Marks series. I think it was Jonathan Lehman uh, who wrote that one, but they have a whole series on kind of the nine healthy marks of a church. It's just a tiny little book. It's one that we ask people to read at Wildwood when they go through membership, but it does a great job of just encouraging people and what that looks like uh, as being a part of church membership. Thank you guys for joining us this morning or whenever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, We look forward to talking with you again next week.